I know, my friend, that you are excited for today's conversation because you want the secret formula for raising a healthy, wonderful, enjoyable Christian family. You want to know what's the secret sauce to making this crazy thing called family life work. And I'm going to give it to you today. That's right. And this is not coming from my decade plus as a marriage and family therapist. This is not even coming from my own personal life and experience of having a family, (laughs) raising a family. This is all going to come from the word of God. So I am excited about this conversation. I hope you are excited. This is episode 85 of the Love Your People Well podcast, which means all the show notes will be online at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 085. But let's not wait any longer, my friends. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. As we jump into this conversation, let's start with a few resources, okay? Because um, I don't want to forget to mention them. (laughs) It's the main reason. Uh, But if you are excited about today's conversation because you're struggling in family life, like you're feeling disconnected, you're just kind of stuck on autopilot, like we do what we do and it just isn't really clicking, then let me recommend that you sign up for our totally free five-day email course, the five tools every busy mom needs to move her family from autopilot to intimacy. This is totally free. Every day for five days, you'll get a short and sweet email um, with a little encouragement, with a simple handout explaining that tool, the activity to do, and a three to five minute video you know, explaining it as well. So super practical, very quick, That's the five tools every busy mom needs to move her family from autopilot to intimacy. So you can sign up online, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash tools. Or of course, the link is just on the main website and it's right here in the podcast description also. And uh, the second resource that I wanted to make sure to highlight because we are diving deep into God's word today is a devotional workbook that we offer at Love Your People Well Um, about finding your identity in Christ. So if you are feeling a little disconnected from the Lord, um, if the things we talk about today, you're just like, wow, that sounds good, but I really don't know how to do that. I don't feel like that's true in my life. Then the Finding Your Identity in Christ devotional workbook would be a great starting place to go a little bit deeper into God's word, um, what he has to say about who you are, about why your family life matters, why you matter, and ultimately about the secret formula that we're talking about today. So both of those resources are at loveyourpeoplewell.com or um, the link, I'll make sure that's in the podcast description. Um, My usual disclaimer, I'm a therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. So we're all on the same page there. (laughs) There's a link below um, for some of our other resources and thoughts about finding a great counselor, a great Christian counselor, if that's something you think would be helpful for you. Now let's jump in, friends, to the secret sauce that you're waiting for. (laughs) It is not 
It's not rocket science, but it's completely biblical and it's not always as easy to live out as it might sound at first approach. The secret formula to enjoying family life is the same as the secret formula for enjoying anything else in life, for finding any kind of meaning, any kind of satisfaction, and that is to live by God's grace. Life is not about a checklist of things to do every day. It's not about an if-then formula. If I do X, then I can expect Y and Z to happen, or I can avoid, you know, A, B, C, D that I'm worried about. There's no secret steps to raising the perfect kids. There's no magic formula for ensuring the perfect marriage. The reality is life is messy. Life is filled with troubles. Family life is hard. (laughs) It's exhausting. It can often feel lonely. It can often feel like we have that thought process of like, why am I even doing this? Why do the same issues keep coming up again and again? And if we want to raise a wonderful Christ-centered family and enjoy the process, we have to do it living by God's grace. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive into what is grace? (laughs) How do we have and, and build and live into a deeper understanding of that? How does it actually impact our family? We're going to go deep into this concept of grace. And I want to share with you why it is that we're talking about this today. And we're talking about this today in particular, because about a week ago, I had one of those days with mostly with my kids, a little bit with my husband, really, it was all me. But you know, those were the people that I was taking it out on. I had one of those days where it's just like, this is horrible. I was in a horrible mood. I could not get it together. (laughs) I was, I was, uh, there's probably some not so nice words I could use to describe myself that day. Like I was just in a bad attitude. I was not treating people very well. I was not kind. I was not compassionate. Um, it was a rough day (laughs) and there was a lot of prayer throughout the day. Lord, give me patience. Lord, help me to to smile at my kids right now. Lord, help me to bite my tongue. And it really was feeling throughout the course of the day like he was just totally ignoring me. I would pray for patience and then lose my temper, you know, half a second later. I would pray that he would help me bite my tongue. And then I'm, you know, saying things that I don't, I mean, not that I didn't mean them, I guess, sort of, you know, how you say stuff and you're like, that's sort of what I mean, but that's not the way that I mean it. I was just not in a good place and it felt like every prayer that I have, every emergency, you know, pull the fire alarm, please help me, Jesus, like he was ignoring them. Now, of course, he wasn't. And by his grace, we made it through that day. (laughs) By his grace, I got some time that evening to read the Bible and pray and cry. There was a lot of crying and just try to process like, what the heck is going on? And my husband's very gracious and he was very much just like, look, you're eight months pregnant. You got crazy hormones. Like, I get that. (laughs) We'll help you with this. Do we need to call the doctor? You know, that sort of thing. And I'm sure hormones was a part of it. But the Lord was gracious, not only to get me through that day, not only with how my family responded to my craziness, but he was also gracious to give me some ideas about what to do differently when it came to, you know, hormones, what vitamins am I getting, all that sort of thing in the pregnancy, but also to remind me of who he is, who I am in Christ, 
and what that really means for my life. And so I was really struck that day by by the incredible nature of God's grace. And I wanted to hop on and share that with you because I think all of us have days like that. Hopefully you've never lost it quite like that. (laughs) I really just kept feeling like this is out of control. I don't know what's going on. But God knew what was going on. Um, It did not actually get out of control. You know, you can easily look back and say, okay, I felt like it was totally out of control, but those outbursts were short and then we'd move on. And, you know, he was in all of it. He was protecting me, protecting my relationships. He was showing grace. So that is kind of the background for why we're talking about this, particularly today, because of my recent encounter with the power and the necessity of God's grace. So let's talk about what is grace. This is a word we hear a lot in the church, um, in kind of the Christian bubble, <laughs> we talk about grace. But what is it? There are two particular definitions. Um, and I am particularly pulling these from John Piper. He has some really helpful articles at the Desiring God website. Um, there are things I've heard before, but I liked the way he was he was framing it. So I'll put a link to that um, article that I'm talking about. Specifically, I'll put that link in, in the show notes at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 085. But the first reality of grace is that it is undeserved favor from God. You've probably heard that before. Um, that kind of reality that we get good things from God, we get salvation, we get peace, we get all sorts of good things that we have not and we never could earn. We have been saved through the grace of God, not because we earned it, not because we deserved it, but because he decided to show grace, to give us good things. Romans 3.24 puts it this way, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Those big ultimate things that we get from God, we get justification, we get redemption, we get salvation. Those are big words. We could define those, but, um, you know, ask your pastor or look at a reputable website. Um, Basically, we have been saved. We have been restored to a good relationship with God because of Jesus as a gift. Grace is a gift. But also... The side of grace that I think I often forget about, and I don't hear it talked about quite as often, is that God working in our lives, he works his grace in our lives to give us motivation, to give us inspiration, to give us power and ability to live well, to make holy changes in our life. We don't do that because we suddenly have a good idea. If we have a good idea, it's because by God's grace, he gave us a good idea. And a scripture that really helps me uh, be reminded of this and understand this is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all time, you may abound in every good work. I think that that particularly helps me, you know, when I think about that, ridiculous, crazy day that I had last week where my attitude was just horrible, frankly. Um, Not only was I still saved by grace, like that, that day and all of the different sins, the different, you know, 
impatience and losing my temper and saying things that I regretted and, you know, just not being nice to people, all of that had already been covered by God. The undeserved favor from God did not change, but also God helped me to abound in every good work through his grace. He gave his grace in the moment. It didn't feel to me like he was giving me patience, but the fact that I would only lose my temper for, you know, one minute instead of one hour, that's grace, my friends. (laughs) I know how I was feeling. That is purely grace. That is purely the grace of God giving me what I needed, even though I didn't recognize it in the moment, he was there giving me grace so that I could do what I needed to do. So that I could turn the corner, I could make a change, I could live well. Now, did I do that perfectly? Um, Obviously not. (laughs) But by his grace, it was not nearly as bad as it could have been. And as I already said, he was there with me when I did have time to kind of sit and process to give even more grace so that I could make some changes so that I wouldn't be stuck in that bad attitude for days and days and days on end. So when we think about what is grace, it is undeserved favor from God. It is the salvation we have from him, but it is also his ongoing day to day, moment by moment presence and work in our lives to help us live well and to grow. Another scripture Um, You know, you can never dive too much into scripture when you're talking about grace, my friends. But another scripture that we need to be so rooted in as moms, in particular, as wives, you know, as as women who are invested in our family life is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And this is where the Apostle Paul is struggling and Jesus tells him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I mean, ultimately, my friends, this is what we need. If we want to raise a Christ-centered, wonderful family, if we want to enjoy our family life, if we want to find satisfaction in the craziness of everything that we do day in and day out for our family and our home, we need to remember and trust and rely on the fact that God's grace is sufficient for us because we are weak. And family life is hard. Motherhood is exhausting. Your marriage will sometimes feel strained. I mean, but in all of this, in all of our weakness, that is most especially when God's grace shows up as being sufficient. It might not feel sufficient in the moment because it's not about our emotions. It's not about our feelings. It's about the truth that it is actually sufficient. If we live by God's grace, We will enjoy family life. We will enjoy all of life. We will enjoy our work. We will enjoy our quiet time. We will enjoy maintaining our home and doing the chores. We will enjoy everything that God puts in front of us if we live by grace. And really, maybe I should say, because we live by grace. So let's look. We've talked about what grace is, why it really matters. But let's talk about how it specifically impacts how we raise and enjoy our family as we go deeper in understanding and experiencing God's grace. How does that impact how we raise our family and enjoy our family? Um, There are three points that I want to hit on here. Number one, we, when we recognize ourselves as sinners, we come to Jesus before we try to deal with all that other family stuff. 
So before I address whatever's annoying me with my husband, whatever's bothering me with my kids, whatever's frustrating me, I recognize, or I should say, as I recognize I'm a sinner, I'm losing my temper, I'm not perfect, I'm not doing this well, I need grace, I need Jesus, I need forgiveness. As I come to him in that, well, now I can go to my family with a lot more humility, a lot more compassion, a lot more care, and I can show them grace. But if I'm ignoring that, if I'm getting caught up in the lie that I've got it all together, (laughs) I can manage this, uh, I just need to do the right things, which I already know what they are, of course, and then everything will be fine. If I get caught up in that way of thinking and acting, well, I am not going to approach my family with humility, compassion, care, or grace. So as I lean into God's grace, it helps me then relate to my family in a much more Christ-centered, grace-filled way. Number two, as we lean into grace, we realize that we are free. We're free from the to-do list. We're free from the checklist. We're free from all of the should have, you know, I should have done this. I should have done this. I wish I'd done this. All the regrets. We're free from all of that. We don't, not to say we don't have things to do. God does have works that he wants us to accomplish, but those things don't define us. Those things don't ultimately help or hurt our family. (laughs) What helps our family, what protects our family, what sustains our family is God's grace. And when we're wondering, well, what should I do next? We can ask God. We can ask him for wisdom. We can ask him for clarity. We can enjoy the time that we have with our people by his grace. And then number three, as we lean into God's grace, as we better understand that, better live into that, we we get to remember and actually experience the fact that every day is a new day. And and really not just every day. Every moment is a new day moment. On the day that I was totally losing it, losing my cool with my kids, with my husband, with myself, with God, with everything, he was there moment by moment by moment, sustaining me, giving me grace, showing up, leading the conversation. Um, Now, again, it did not go perfectly, but I can easily look back and see spotlights of God's grace that I was missing in the moment. And the reality is, you know, if you're having a big argument with your husband, that does not need to define your relationship moving forward because of God's grace, because it can be covered by the blood of Christ. It can be restored and renewed through the presence of the Holy Spirit. We can have and live out that grace of God so that that big blow up with your husband or losing your temper with your kids, we can move past that. We do not have to let that, those moments, define who we are, define our relationships, define our family life. Those moments will happen and we give them back to God. We let him step in to heal and restore and lead us. And by his grace, we move forward. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to guess that much like me, This sounds pretty good. You want to have relationships in your family that are centered in humility, compassion, and care. You want to be free from the burden of a to-do list and a checklist and all the things you feel like you should 
do. And you want to be able to move forward, not just brush it under the rug, but actually deal with it and move forward when there is a moment of failure, of sin, of problem in your family relationships. We all want that. And we all can have that as we live by God's grace. That ultimately is the secret formula for family life is living by God's grace. Not doing something particular ourselves, but simply letting God be God and trusting him in that. So let's uh, close out our conversation today with some thoughts about how. How can we live more deeply in grace? We might be clear on like, okay, I understand what it is. I want this. I see how it's going to impact my family, but how the heck do I do it? How do I go deeper in living by grace? When life is busy and life is chaotic and emotions are overwhelming and maybe nobody else in your family is even thinking about this, how can we, how can you, how can I live more deeply in grace? Well, there are three particular scriptures that I think help us in this. The first is from John chapter 15. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a little bit long, but the first eight or so verses, Jesus talks about how he is the true vine and God the Father is the gardener. And as we abide in him, as we remain in him, as we stay connected to Jesus the vine, that is how we bear fruit. That is how we enjoy life and raise a wonderful family. And that is how ultimately we bring God glory. So how can we live more deeply in grace? We can abide in Jesus, remain in Jesus. Now, what does this look like practically in your day to day on a Wednesday morning or a Saturday afternoon or whatever it is? This means we are spending time with Jesus. So we're reading the Bible, we're praying, we're talking to him, we're thinking about him. This means that we are trusting him. We're getting to know him. You cannot have a relationship with someone and not know anything about them. That just, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It's not possible. We can get to know him. We can trust him. And what would that look like? How do we trust him in a practical way? It means when I have a struggle, when I'm feeling like I'm going to say something I regret, I am feeling totally impatient. I'm going to say, Jesus, help me. And I'm going to trust Even if I still get impatient, even if I still say something I wish I hadn't said, I can trust he heard that prayer, he responded to that prayer, and he is going to deal with whatever fallout, whatever sin, whatever happened. I can trust and move forward with my day. I can ask for what I need and then do what I need to do. So as you abide in Jesus, that will look like spending time with him, getting to know him, acting in ways that show your trust in him and asking him what to do, asking him, what should I do next? What should I say? I don't know what to do. Please help me. Asking him those questions, asking him to be involved in your life and letting him lead you, letting him shape you. And sometimes that will mean he's convicting you and saying, Jessica, you really lost your patience. And other times it will be him comforting you saying, Jessica, I forgive you for losing your patience. We are going to move forward from this. Sometimes it will be him giving you creativity or wisdom or new ideas saying, Jessica, you lost your patience. But hey, if you try this tomorrow, that might help you not lose your patience. He's going to interact with you in whatever way you need at that moment. Because he's always present. 
whether you're thinking about him or not, he is there. So our number one way to live more deeply in grace is to press into that relationship with Jesus. Abide in him. Number two, I would point you to Ephesians chapter two, verses eight to nine, which says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. If we want to live more deeply in grace, we need to build up our faith. Now, that doesn't mean that we work harder. This verse is very clear. It's not by works. We cannot boast. We cannot do anything where I can say, I take credit for that. I have a better faith because I did dot, dot, dot. I read my Bible every day for a month. I read my Bible for an hour today. Whatever it is, that is not actually building my faith. What builds my faith first of all, is abiding in Jesus. We already talked about that, but we need to pray and ultimately ask God to give us faith, to give us more and more and more faith. We can invest our time and energy into daily spiritual habits. Like we know, reality check, reading the Bible, it helps you have more faith. Living out what the Bible says, that helps you have more faith. Praying, talking to God, confessing, worshiping, asking him for what you need, that builds up faith. We know that these things are connected. And so figuring out habits that work for you, routines that work for you, trying new things, investing in those daily spiritual habits will help you build up faith. And if you're stuck here, uh, let me just remind you, we have a free resource that can help here. It's called the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. And the whole point is that every day it's guiding you in what to read and how to read it, how to think about it in the Bible, how to pray. And over the course of 45 days, you've got a new habit. That is enough time to develop a habit that you can continue on your own. So um, definitely head to loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash free. You'll get all the resources, but the Holy Habits um, 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge is specifically designed to help you build those daily spiritual habits. But the last very practical step around building up your faith is to act according to God's word, even when you don't understand it. This is typically, at least in my personal experience, the best way to grow in faith. Because when I say, okay, God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I trust you. Well, now I'm acting in faith. I'm living in faith. And when God is faithful, when he shows up as he always does, well, now I can look back and say, oh, I followed God and it was worth it. I followed God and he did what he said he would do. He was powerful. He protected me. He sustained me. Now my faith is stronger because I did what he wanted me to do. And I can see his faithfulness, his strength in the follow-up from that. And finally, the third, um, the third scripture that I would point you to when we think about how can we live more deeply in grace is from James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. I mean, this is grace right there, isn't it? (laughs) we're struggling, we're dealing with who knows what. And if we ask for wisdom, God will give it. He's going to 
give generously. He's not going to be fault finding and like picking out all of our issues. He's just going to give what we need. He's going to give the wisdom we ask for. And one of the most gracious things he can do is help us have wisdom with our family in particular. It's overwhelming. Kids do not come with a manual. I mean, you can find a billion books that'll tell you what to do, but at the end of the day, every kid is individual. Every family is unique. And we need God's wisdom to love our family and raise our family well. And it's worth considering here when we think about the need for God's wisdom. If we look way back at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, one of the big reasons that Eve ate the fruit, one of the big reasons for the very first sin is that she desired the wisdom that the serpent told her the fruit would give her. She looked at it and said, oh, this is, you know, it's pleasing to the eye. It's desirable. It's good to eat. And it's going to open my eyes so that I can be more like God. It's going to give me wisdom. But my friends, she could have just asked God. If she wanted more wisdom, she could have turned to God and said, help me understand this. You know, I want to be more like you or I want to understand good and evil. Or she could have asked him anything she wanted. Now, he might not have have said yes to all of that, but we know he gives wisdom if we ask for it. He loves to give us wisdom. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is very clear that wisdom is how we live. It's how we live well. It's how we live for God. It draws us closer to God. So these three Bible passages really help us as we live them out practically in our day-to-day lives, really helps us live more deeply in grace as we abide in Jesus, as we work to build up our faith, not work as in I'm relying on my works, but I'm doing what God asks me to do or tells me to do or offers for me to do. I'm doing the things he says will build my faith and I'm asking for wisdom and trusting that he's going to give it. I might wish for more wisdom. I might wish for more patience. I might think, God, you're not answering this prayer, but friends, he is always answering the prayer. It just might not look like what we think it will look like. With all of this in mind, my friends, let me just turn us back to the wonderful news of 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. My grace, God's grace, is sufficient for you. For my power, God's power, is made perfect in weakness. When you are feeling weak, that is when God is at his most strong. When you are feeling crushed by your sin or your mistakes or the bad attitude that you had or whatever it is, God's grace is sufficient for you. So I don't know at what point in your family life, your motherhood journey, your marriage, I don't know at what point you need to be reminded of this truth, but we all want to raise a wonderful Christian family. We all want to enjoy our Christian family. And this is the secret formula for making it happen. (laughs) And why am I calling it a secret formula? Because it's not hard. If you read the Bible, it's very clear. We live by grace. But it's also very clear from Jesus that this is the narrow road. This is not the formula that the world will tell you is necessary to raise your family and enjoy your family. This is not the formula, not the strategy that, um, you know, as you 
Google it or look online or read a bunch of different books, this is not the strategy people are going to suggest. They're going to give you all sorts of action steps and checklists and do this and don't do this. And I, frankly, I do a lot of that on the podcast. I like to be practical. I like to give some practical action steps, some takeaways, but all of that is only grounded in God's grace. So in a way, it is a secret formula because so many people ignore it or don't believe it or don't live into it or don't, you know, we want to think I can control this. We want to think I can handle my family. It is a narrow path to follow Jesus. And so I hope, my friends, that you are on that path, that your husband is on that path, that your kids are on that path. That is ultimately my prayer for all of us, that we are following after Jesus and living by God's grace. So until we're back together on Friday, (laughs) make sure to subscribe to the podcast so it pops right up there um, on Friday morning. Until then, I just want you to live by grace. Dive into some of these Bible verses. Um, You can find all of it, of course, on the show notes, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 085. And in particular, if you're listening to this and thinking of a friend who might need some encouragement in her motherhood, in her marriage, in her family life, who might need to be reminded of the incredible power and presence and availability of God's grace, send her the link to this episode or send her the link to the website with the show notes. You know, you probably know, would she rather listen or read? Because she's your friend. But share this with the women you know, because we all need to be reminded that God's grace is sufficient for us. His power is made perfect in our weakness. So I hope you will share it with whoever you think needs to hear it. I hope you will subscribe to the podcast and check out whatever resources would be most helpful for you. Um, Those are all on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com. But until Friday, hugs and blessings to you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.